Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome back to Everything New York Giants. I'm your host, Adriana, and today we are going to be recapping the Giants' second preseason game where they pulled out a 25-22 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. So let's recap. There are quite a few takeaways that I think we can take from this game. And I want to start by going through the offense and some of their statistics, because as we know, roster cuts are coming very soon. By tomorrow, August 23rd, the team has to be cut down to 80. So there are five guys that we will see that will be getting cut. So with that in mind, let's go through some of the offensive highlights and the guys that really stuck out last night. And let's start with the quarterbacks. Jones had his best game so far this year, and I know there's only been two of them, but people will look for any opportunity to trash talk Jones. And last night, he didn't give them the chance. So he went 14 for 16 with 116 yards. He didn't have any interceptions, but Uh, excuse me, he didn't have any touchdowns, but he did have one interception and the ball went through Bellinger's hands and he should have caught that. So that's an interception that you can't blame Jones for. Outside of that, Jones looked sharp. He was on the money. He was back to the Danny Dimes that we all have missed and he was accurate and put the ball in the receiver's hands and overall looked great. He looked more confident out there. He had more time. Such a beautiful thing. The O-line did well last night considering that two of the guys were not our first team starters and one of them is actually like a third or fourth ring starter. So I think with that, the fact that they had time and gave Jones time to hold on to the ball and figure out his next move. I felt optimistic about the O-line last night, and I hope that you guys did too. Now, of course, they are playing against Cincinnati's twos and threes, but I will take what I can get. And to be honest, I was expecting the O-line to go out there and not look so great. So the fact that they pulled through and all of the quarterbacks, Jones, Taylor, and Webb, had time to make decisions was really key for me, and I was happy to see that. So moving along, let's go to Taylor. He didn't play as many snaps. He went 7 for 11 with 37 yards, zero touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So not much to say about Taylor. He looked pretty good out there. Um, I want to do the most of the talking about Webb because he got the most amount of reps. Now, obviously, he is the third string. He has a lot to fight for. But I think coming out of last night, a lot of us can feel confident that in the worst case scenario that Davis Webb has to go in and he has to play, he might just be okay. Again, I know he's playing against third stringers. But the fact that the offense can move the ball down the field and score touchdowns is something that we as Giants fans have not seen enough of in the last few years. So again, I'll take what I can get here. Let's move into his stats. So he went 22 for 27 for 204 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Now moving along to another position group, I want to talk about the running backs because Saquon didn't play last night. He is perfectly fine. He did not play any starts because it's not worth risking him for injury, and I think that that was the right move. Now, 
Two other running backs that we didn't see due to injury were Matt Breda and Gary Brightwell, which I was looking to see more of Brightwell this week after his performance last week. I'm hoping that he's back for Sunday versus the Jets. I will keep you posted on any injury updates. I'm not worried about Matt Breda. I think as long as he is healthy in the next two weeks, I think he'll be great coming out week one. Not worried about him. But now two other guys who it seems like are probably going to be battling it out for the third string running back are Joshuan Corbin and Antonio Williams. Antonio Williams was brought over by Dable from the Bills, and he looked pretty good last night. He does play a little bit of special teams, which I think is an advantage that he'll have over Joshuan Corbin, and he had five attempts for 26 yards. Now let's talk about Corbin, who ran it in for a touchdown. He had nine attempts for 27 yards. Another guy that looked great out there, he is a rookie, and I don't remember if he is undrafted or not, but he came out looking good, and I think he's going to he's gonna fight for that spot. So I would say when we're coming up on week three this week versus the Jets, look for these two guys, Corbin and Williams, to get a lot of snaps in against the Jets, and then we'll see if Gary Brightwell fits in there with those two guys too, and then from there we'll see who gets that third spot. Let's move along to wide receivers because we know that the offense overall was looking pretty good last night, but there were some wide receivers that just were out to play. And the first guy we got to talk about is Alex Bachman because he's been in and out of this Giants roster for a few years now, and I think that this is probably the most impressive that he's looked. Last night, he had the best stats out of anyone on the offense. He had 11 receptions for 122 yards and two touchdowns, and the last touchdown came and helped them pull out the win. So he had back-to-back touchdowns, which also is something that we haven't seen with the Giants offense um, in, I don't know how long, but it's been a long time. So he had an excellent game. He also, a couple plays later, was out there with special teams and made a great tackle. So another guy that really is fighting for that roster spot, and he is doing everything he possibly can to get it. And if he can continue this week, against the Jets like he did last night, he just might have a shot. Let's move along to David Sills, another guy that has been in and out of this roster for the last couple years. He had five receptions for 56 yards and another guy who is athletic, he's aggressive, he made beautiful catches last night both between um, Jones and I think Webb. But he overall looked great, beautiful catches, on the money, great runner. He's a good guy that, you know, again, will be fighting for that spot. So another guy alongside of Sills is Colin Johnson, who had three receptions for 41 yards. And it wasn't his best showing yet, but he did look great out there. He's following up a really great game that he had in week one of the preseason, Um, He did have that one interception, but he made up for it this week by continuing to rack up those yards. So I don't know, guys, I would not want to be the coaches and Joe Shane right now because the competition for these wide receiver spots is pretty intense. And I think it's going to be hard to pick who should get the spots. So and again, we don't have Shep. We don't know when we're going to have Shep back, but 
we do, you know, these guys are going to be stepping in and could potentially be playing and be rotated throughout the first couple weeks until Shep comes back. So the last wide receiver I want to talk about is Keelan Doss because there was a little miscommunication over the weekend where it was talked about that he was waived. But it turns out that he wasn't waived because wide receiver Robert Foster was put on the injury list. So because of that, Kalen Doss got to keep his spot and he did the best that he could last night. He had three receptions for 34 yards. Now, not as many as the other receivers, but he might have done enough to stick it out for another week. So again, stay tuned tomorrow, August 23rd. We will know if he's one of those five guys who gets cut. So... One thing I want to highlight from the defense is that Blake Martinez was back and he only played 10 snaps. Obviously, they are going to start slow with him. And I think after what we saw with Thibodeau last night, I think that Dable is going to be cautious about starting guys and in the preseason. Because yes, the continuity is important. Yes, learning a system is important. But is it worth risking injuries? We'll get into that in a little bit. But we, Thibodeau is making it by the skin of his teeth. That could have been a lot worse. So I think Blake coming off an injury, we're probably not going to see much of him on Sunday if we see him at all. So overall, the defense looked okay. There's definitely some improvements that need to be made. I would say that there wasn't a lot that stuck out to me last night. To me, walking away from the game, the offense really stole the show across the board. The O-line did better than I think a lot of people expected, again, with all their injuries that we have. The quarterbacks, all three of them, looked great. Running backs and wide receivers were out there killing it. They put on a show. And, you know, again, they brought joy to us, which is, again, something that, you know, we really have been missing. So to me, the offense stole the show, and I look forward this week to seeing a little bit more from the defense. So with that being said, let's move along to injuries, because this Giants team just cannot catch a break. Starting with Kayvon Thibodeau, our rookie, of course, that many of us are extremely excited about and who was looking pretty good up until he got tackled, which many think um, by Thaddeus Moss was not a fair tackle. I will say that I think during preseason, it probably was a little aggressive for him to go straight for the knees, so I didn't appreciate that. But to call it a dirty hit, I'm not so sure. I would say in the regular season, that might not have been called. In the preseason... I don't know. But anyway, after that tackle, Tibbs looked like he was going to get carted off, and many of us at home had a slight heart attack, myself included. So thankfully for the beat reporters that were at the game, they gave us the update that he was able to actually walk off the field, and I think we all collectively sighed and exhaled. So the good news is that he did not tear his ACL and he will be back this year. The bad news is that he has a sprained MCL and he's probably going to be out about three to four weeks. Now, I know that Dable does not want to make any set numbers and pick times on when he's going to be back because obviously everybody's different and adjusting their bodies to the NFL is quite different than college football. So 
Right now, the hope is he'll be back in three to four weeks, but we don't, I don't think we'll know the extent of that until about two weeks. We'll see how his rehab is going. So again, something, you know, another injury to the Giants that we weren't expecting and we're all praying uh, was not going to happen. But look, it is what it is. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty relieved that it's not anything worse because we can talk about that. Something that is way worse is a torn ACL, which happened to the beloved linebacker, Darian Beavers. Now he's another rookie and someone that has been stepping up with Blake out and he's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of upside and, you know, of course he's a rookie. He has some things to work on, but I think that he would have been a good compliment to Blake. And the fact that he tore his ACL and he's done for the season is devastating to him, to us, to the Giants. And I don't really know who's going to step in to that linebacker spot now. And I don't know if Wink knows who's going to be there yet. Um, I'm sure he's as disappointed as we are that someone like Beavers, who had high hopes and a lot of potential, is unfortunately going to be out this whole season. So hopefully he's probably going to get surgery soon and start on the rehab. The only thing I can say that could potentially be good news is that because it happened so early in the season, a year from now, he could be back and could be ready to play week one. So I will keep my hopes out about that. And I am sending him good and energy and positivity during this devastating injury for him. It's very unfortunate. So we've got two more guys to talk about with injuries because, again, the Giants cannot walk out away out of any game with minimal injuries, much less just one or two of them. Instead, they walked out with four. So let's talk about Graham Gano, our beloved kicker who's automatic, who is always accurate, who is probably the most consistent guy that we have seen on this roster in the last couple years. So Gano is in concussion protocol, and there has been no confirmed timeline of when they think he will be back. The good news for Gano is that he is not a running back or someone who should be tackled multiple times every week. So with that in mind, there could be the potential that he might come back soon. I would like to believe that if it is just a concussion, he should definitely be back by week one, but I am not a doctor, so don't quote me on that. Dable did say in his press conference today that he was going to talk about Joe Shane about the possibility of bringing in another kicker. So I don't know if that leads me to believe that maybe the concussion could be more serious than it is and there's thoughts of him not being able to play week one or if they just want to cover all bases and not have Jamie Gillen pretty much doing everything. So it could just be that. But time will tell. Hopefully by the end of this week or by Sunday, we will know some more details about Graham Gunnell. Last up, let's talk about wide receiver CJ Board, who was having a pretty good camp. He's also been having a pretty good preseason. And unfortunately, last night, after that beautiful 57-yard punt return, another flag and penalty on Zimenez, which came at a terrible time. History's repeating itself. Something similar happened last year. Terrible flag. 
luckily for us this year, it was preseason. But right after that beautiful play, it got called back and whatnot. CJ Board was back in the game and he came out a little while later with some sort of rib injury. So I don't know exactly when it was after a tackle or what the play looked like, but he came out of the game with that. What I thought was interesting is that it seems like Dable didn't talk about it today in his press conference. I didn't see any type of coverage on it from the beat writers who were listening in. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means it's not serious or if that means maybe it's not a rib injury and they're still diagnosing other tests on him. But hopefully, again, we hope to hear some sort of update about him later this week, hopefully by Sunday. So stay tuned for that. Last up, when covering last night's game, I want to talk about the versatility because this is something that we have talked about and the coaching staff has talked about and the GMs have talked about. Everyone has talked about bringing in players that are versatile. And I would say the biggest position group that we've seen this with so far is the running backs because they're not just being used as running backs. They're also being used as wide receivers and they're getting more of that hybrid position and all of them are being used like that. Perfect example is last night, Antonio Williams, his rushing attempts. He had five attempts for 26 yards, but he also had seven receptions for 46 yards. So this is something that we're going to continue to see. We all know we're going to see a lot of that from Saquon this year. And I think we're going to see a little bit of it from potentially Tony, but definitely Wandale Robinson, who we saw a little bit of it last night. And it was not the best showing, but hopefully that is something that will be improved. Or maybe it just won't be part of Wandale's role. And that will stick to more of the running back position guys like Joshua Corbin, Antonio Williams, Saquon, Matt Breda, etc. So we'll see about that. But again, as they all preach this versatility, we had two perfect examples of what happened last night and why it was so important that these players are versatile. So like we talked about earlier, Graham Gano left the game and is in concussion protocol. Well, it seems we don't have a backup kicker. So punter Jamie Gillen stepped in and he kicked a 31-yard field goal for the win. And this is not something that has been part of his normal game. He's typically been the punter and Gano has been the kicker and vice versa. But he also was used as the kicker, again, when Gano was out. After Bachman's second touchdown, he kicked the only extra point because the touchdown prior to that, they went for two, which I didn't talk about this earlier, but real quickly, when was the last time we successfully went for two? This offense, I, it's exciting. Anyway, let's get back to the versatility piece. So Gillen was a perfect example of that. He was used as the kicker and he was used as the punter. And again, we'll see what happens on Sunday. If they bring someone back, if Gano's back, time will tell. But along with that, and this is not something that we've ever seen, and I don't quite know the reasoning for it, and I'm curious to see if Wink or McGahee addresses it this week, but safety Julian Love stepped in as the holder on that 31-yard field goal. 
which I think is so interesting. Of all people, Julian Love. Very interesting. I love Julian Love. I think he's an excellent safety. I think he's a good locker room guy. He's extremely nice. I got to speak with him briefly after FanFest, and he just seems like a very down-to-earth, wonderful guy. And from what I'm gathering from this, he stepped up to the plate and was happy to take on more responsibilities. So why not let him step in as the holder? He might have been one of the few people who has done it before, and that's the reason why. But I'm not sure why it wasn't Casey Crater. So it could have just been potentially that they were not um, using him as a starter. So I don't know, guys. I don't have the answers for that. But I hope I do after someone addresses it this week. But to me, those were the biggest takeaways walking away from this game. It's the offense is looking like the offense that we have hoped we would see this year. And again, it was vanilla. It was not super exciting and they weren't playing against starters. But I think with someone like Jones and probably someone like Saquon, who's coming off of injuries and coming off of just really difficult losing seasons. I mean, they have gone through it all. Not to mention the coaches, the GMs and the coordinators and the systems that they have had to learn with had to deal with over these last couple years, I think to just slowly build their confidence and see them improve week after week, whether they're playing against the ones or the twos, is enough to make them feel confident enough in week one against the Titans to go out there and be ready to play and give it their best game and to not allow any of the outside stress and the pressure and their contracts ending and the fifth year option not picked up, all of that stuff, not to mention all of the media and all the people who talk trash on them nonstop all day of every day. I think this is what they need to boost their confidence to succeed. So I hope that is how things continue to go. Again, I'm not sure what Dable's going to do versus the Jets game, if he's going to play any of them at all, but time will tell. So again, walking away from this game, I feel better about the offense. I'm a little bit more optimistic about them than I have been week after week. Second of all, the injuries, they just don't, they don't stop for the Giants. And I don't know I really don't know what the issue is. And I know a lot of people complain about the turf and the Jets have lost a couple players, but it seems like no team in the league loses as many guys as we do year over year to injuries. So yes, part of it can be the turf at MetLife, but I don't think that that is the only reason as to why that's happening. And you know, we used to think maybe it was the medical staff or the running laps after practice and games and all of the crazy things that Joe Judge and his coaching staff used to do. But I don't know, guys, maybe that wasn't it. And we might never know what the answer is. It might just take time to heal these injuries. There might be some sort of new prevention and techniques that they'll work out over time. But at the rate we're going, I don't know if overnight we are going to see a change in the level of injuries and the types of injuries and the amount of injuries that this team is suffering from. The only thing we can hope at this point is that they're not devastating to us and that 
if they are devastating to us, that Shane and Brown can bring in other talent that can step in and that can help us win games if these guys are going down left and right with injuries. Last up is that versatility factor. We saw it last night. We've seen it week after week. It's something that's been really important. And it's also been used a lot on the O-line with different guys moving in to play center and left guard. You know, that has been such a moving piece. And Bobby Johnson has done a really good job of working on the continuity and having these guys go out there and be successful and be able to give Jones time and help run block, something that I hope to see improve every week. So that's it for today. Those are my takeaways from the Giants 25-22 win over the Bengals. Thank you for listening. I will be back next week with a recap of the Giants-Jets preseason game at MetLife.